Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This week on PWI, myself, Mo Chatra, and a special guest, Chris Russo, formerly of NXT and FCW, sit down in studio to discuss NXT TakeOver Dallas and the Showcase of the Immortals, WrestleMania. It is a very special edition of PWI. Even though lately you've had some sunny days, my friend. That's gotta be, that's gotta be king. Welcome to another edition of the Pro Wrestling Index, and this is a special edition of PWI this week because we are chronicling, predicting, reviewing, we're talking about it. It's the showcase of the Immortals, WrestleMania weekend from Dallas, Texas, and we're all over it. I'm Matt Topolsky, joined as always by my co-commentating colleague across the pond, Mo Chatra. Mo, how you doing, my friend? Absolutely wonderful and glorious, Matt. I'm absolutely great. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm also fantastic, Mo, because we have another special guest joining us in studio. He is now a broadcast colleague of mine on the flagship of Texas Wrestling, the reality of wrestling, former NXT and FCW broadcaster, Chris Russo. Chris, welcome. Hey, man. Happy to be here. I, I just stumbled into this room. Yeah. I, I saw some empty <laughs> headphones, some cans not being used. I decided I'd uh, sneak in here. And you picked them up, did you? That's it. Man. <laughs> I, go right to, I gravitate toward microphones. Mm-hmm. I've got a question for you, Chris. You, oh, probably get asked, you probably get asked this a lot, but you're not related to one Vince Russo, are you? Why wouldn't I be? <laughs> Why wouldn't I be? He's... He's, a, he's, he's quite a polarizing figure in the wrestling business. Well, the he? funny thing is, is when he walked in the studio earlier, he was carrying a pole with Viagra on it. So <laughs> I knew immediately <laughs> that he was related. So Don't worry. Uh, by the end of this program, I will be the lead here on this show. <laughs> I will put myself over and bury everybody else along the way. Oh, well, that is the Russo way, isn't it? It's it. You can always <laughs> trust in a Russo when it comes to the wrestling business. Oh, man. I got to tell you, um, one, one of our friends in the podcasting realm is um, a guy by the name of Jason Solomon, uh, the Solomonster. He has a podcast, a great wrestling podcast called The Solomonster Sounds Off. He does the best Vince Russo impression you will ever hear. Just go YouTube, Solomonster, doing the Vince Russo impression. It is fantastic. It is so good. I'm not even going to try to um, to replicate it. It is just – it's damn good. It's spot on. It's actually better than the real Russo. So 
<laughs> that's always that's always the case. No, yeah. I don't have I don't have the New York accent yeah. like Uncle Vince does, yeah. but uh, the rest of the family, uh, I'm a little bit further south in the Mid-Atlantic yeah. area. Okay. Well, listen, we've got a lot to cover, guys, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, Brad Gilmore and myself will be in Dallas this weekend for all the festivities. And uh, I've actually talked to a few listeners of this show and our other podcast, Yodem, who are traveling all the way from the U.K. to Dallas. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of you guys this weekend. Let's get a selfie together, and we can put it on the Internet. Let's talk first about NXT TakeOver. This event's going to take place uh, Friday night, not Saturday night, excuse me, Friday night. And um, some have argued that this is actually a stronger card than the WrestleMania card itself from a wrestling perspective. Mo, how excited are you for this Dallas TakeOver event? I'm pretty excited. I'm not as excited as I perhaps would have been um, had you asked me the question two months ago. Okay. And the reason for that is is that I've not been particularly overwhelmed by NXT the last two or three months. I haven't found it to be a particularly great show. Um, it, it's kind of been treading water uh, um, a lot of the matches have been squash matches and not been particularly entertaining at that. And um, I don't think that the WWE and the people that write in NXT have done a, a standout job of building up the matches for the show. That said, the lineup is, is fantastic. And um, I'm sure the show itself will certainly not be a disappointment. So in that regard, uh, whilst I've not been overwhelmed by the build-up to the show, as for the show itself, I'm sure it won't be a letdown. Well, think about how far in advance they filmed this last episode that just aired. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that uh, Bull Dempsey was still being shown on the one on this past week of NXT yeah. here. So, and he's been released for at least uh, six weeks, right? So, to yes. have the forward uh, mindset to be able to predict what the card's going to look like that far in advance. That's really difficult, even in the more relaxed environment that NXT typically is for the writers, for the people that put everything together. Yeah, that's still a lot of things that could change, could go wrong, can go differently between six weeks ago and today. So I got to agree with Mo from what it was even six weeks ago to what it is today. Certainly really, really excited about NXT. The the other issue uh, on the momentum thing that you talk about, Mo, is if I'm not mistaken and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the original writer for NXT has moved on to SmackDown. Is that correct? Uh, that's my understanding. That's right. Um, I can't quite recall his name, um, but he was somebody who was really impressing me um, with the work he was doing with NXT. Um, it was very, very simple, basic storyline um, kind of constructions that he was coming up with. But um, what he was doing was really good, building up characters, giving them a good platform, um, certainly doing the old, the old Paul Heyman thing of accentuating strengths, hiding weaknesses. And I think that since he's moved over to SmackDown, um, the show has certainly lost some of its edge and focus. And um, it hasn't really had the same kind of energy to it that it previously had. And I think that's been reflected by the audience reactions also at Full Sail, not having been as strong as it were uh, for much of last year. Uh, but as I say... That aside, uh, the lineup itself is fantastic, and um, the chance to see the likes of Austin Aries, Shizuke Nakamura, Balor against Samoa Joe, Bailey and Asuka, it's just incredible. Uh, you can't, you can't <laughs> not be excited about it. Yeah, um, and, and let's, I mean, let's, let's break down some of these big matches. Um, obviously, the first one that stands out to me is Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, we've been talking about Nakamura on this show now for a year. Uh, one of the biggest talents to ever come out of New Japan Pro Wrestling, one of the biggest international talents to ever come to World Wrestling Entertainment. 
what are we looking for in this matchup, guys? I mean, Sami Zayn looks like he's on his way to the main roster for WWE full-time. He's involved in an Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania with Kevin Owens and several other guys, and we can debate later on whether or not they should be in that match or not. But at this point right here, this could be Sami Zayn's swan song in NXT, and if that's the case, what a better way to go out than against this opponent. Absolutely. I mean, Nakamura is a almost legendary figure now in Japanese wrestling history. He has had an amazing career since his debut in 2002. And he's coming into WWE in his prime. You know, he's about 36 years of age now. A very, very polished performer, super charismatic. And he's going to get over fantastically well with uh, the NXT crowd in Dallas on Friday night. And uh, it's just going to be a tremendous match as well. I'm, I've got no doubt about that. Sami Zayn is, in himself is a fantastic worker. So I think that that will be a fantastic debut for Shinsuke Nakamura. And it would be the right thing for him to go over. If, if he loses to Sami Zayn on his way out, that would be completely ass backwards. So yeah, I don't hopefully think you know, Sami Zayn, Chris, has been in this business for a hell of a long time now. And to see this type of weekend that he's going to have on his hands, not only to get to work with Nakamura at NXT TakeOver, but basically make his authentic, his real debut finally in WWE. And he's going to do it at a wrestling Yeah, in front of the throngs of people. Yeah. I mean, we, we have the, the, the feverish fan base of NXT. Yeah. And now he's get to, he gets to be uh, catapulted to the masses. Right. And I remember actually seeing Sami Zayn when he was down for his, for his tryout. This was the first group tryout that they had at FCW before they moved to Orlando, the Performance Center, when he was still Generico. Right. And you could see the excitement. This was a guy that's been everywhere, but he was chomping at the bit. And this guy was a stud from the beginning. You know, the, the typical, oh, well, he's an indie guy. He can't unlearn what he did. They still brought him on board. And and just think about his first real big feud when he came into NXT was against Cesaro. Remember those epic matches with Cesaro, the, the, the first uh, yeah. network uh, special that they had for NXT? Now he's going up against Nakamura, which... I mean, the, in my mind, that's still one of the greatest matches in NXT history. Huge. That yeah. was awesome. Um, yeah. By the way, I'm seeing here pictures that people are taking already in Dallas that he is just going to go by Nakamura. They're not going to change his name. Just wonderful. You get rid of the first name. Yeah. Uh, it is going to be fun to watch to tear down the house. Now, the question is, it's almost like the WrestleMania part where is this match going to uh, get the crowd so hyped up that they're going to lose their steam? For the main event, which <laughs> this is an NXT crowd we're talking about, yeah. but still, it's like a Rock Hogan yeah. at 18 before the uh, Chris Jericho uh, WWE uh, title uh, uh, match. Yeah. So think about that. You know, how is this, how are they going to play off the crowd? Where are they going to put it on the card? It's, it's 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 a big card. It's 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 one hell of a card. Um, here's another match we need to talk about: Austin Aries versus Baron Corbin. Uh, Aries has been. It's either now or never for Austin Aries. Here he is, big opportunity. Mo, what do you see in this match between Corbin and Austin Aries? Is this the uh, the announcement here from Austin Aries where he finally makes it onto the scene in NXT and gets a big win? And if he does, what does that do to Corbin's character? He seems to have uh, plateaued and uh, almost treading water, as I mentioned earlier, with um, one or two others. And the thing with Corbin is is that he has quite a high opinion of himself, and that was quite evident um, on Breaking Ground, WWE Network's uh, reality show on NXT. Yeah, not, not the character, know. a shoot. <laughs> yes, indeed, absolutely. He, he generally thinks he's uh, a cut above everyone, and uh, I, I think he's he's certainly got something about him. He's got some charisma. Um, I've talked a lot about in the past Vince's size fetish, and I think 
that will certainly endear him to the boss. Um, but looking beyond that, um, there, are, there are still aspects to his work, aspects to his character, aspects to his all-round game that he needs to work on and improve, and he's not there yet. Some like Austin Aries, though, certainly is. The downside from the Vince kind of perspective is that he's only about 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, 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 um, he's quite a short guy. And that perhaps explains why Austin Aries had um, what wasn't exactly the most auspicious of debuts a couple of weeks ago on NXT. Um, but that said, um, Austin Aries, I'm sure, will be a massive crowd favorite favorite uh, with the hardcore NXT fan base and Corbin will probably get a bit of the uh, Roman Reigns treatment and uh, get Sandy booed out of the building. Um, I don't think that he will come out victorious. I think that they'll try and do something with Austin Aries and I've got a feeling that some people in creative NXT are losing faith in Corbin's um, ability to really be uh, a solid main roster guy. You know, there are a lot of TNA fans out there. They're not going to like to hear me say this, but they already know my my, my feelings and opinions on TNA. <laughs> anyway, this is the biggest moment in Austin Aries' career. What say you, Chris? Well, okay, so he has waited for an opportunity to come to the big stage of WWE. I remember the, the, the talks about him trying to be on that latest Tough Enough that they had a few years back, the size. At NXT, Triple H, it, that doesn't make a damn difference to him. Triple H has always been, if you've got the talent, we're going to put you on here. I'm not going to follow Vince's mold for that. Yeah. You know, for Austin at his age, you know, how is he going to be able to help Baron Corbin? I mean, that's how I like to look at this match here as well. How well is Austin going to be able to elevate Baron to the next level? Obviously, he's been around for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Baron is just on the precipice of making that next move. So you've, he's got to be up against an opponent that can take his game to the next level. And Austin is certainly do that. Now, what are they going to do with someone like Austin? As of right now, so that I saw uh, earlier today, the names that they were announcing for this Global Cruiserweight series, he's not on there, nor would I think that someone like Austin Ayers would be on there. What are they going to do with his character, especially around his size, what's going on with the rest of the other people at NXT that are sort of in his you know, body, shape, size? That will be interesting. So... Uh, I see Baron going over, but Austin making him look like a million bucks because he's the consummate professional. Yeah, and that's what he does best. Um, all right, so let's move on and talk about the NXT Women's Championship mm -hmm. matchup. This this match, right, again, this is this, this card is so damn stacked. <laughs> Bailey versus Asuka. Now, I'm going to say something here. Some people, again, may not agree with this, but I truly believe that Asuka is the most talented storyteller on the active roster, both NXT and WWE, not named Triple H. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mo. She tells an incredible story in the ring. Nobody has the facial expressions, the nuances down, the ability to tell a story, to be intense. There is so much that the other divas, both at NXT and on the main roster, could learn from Asuka. This is going to be a fantastic match. She's an amazing athlete, isn't she? She's so, so good, so polished and uh we saw that at NXT London back in December. Um, I can't yes. recall now exactly who she fought on that show. Um, I think it was Emma. That's right. Yes, that's correct. And I thought that was a heck of a match, actually. And uh, it was all down to Asuka. Um, she carried it the whole way through and um, took Emma on that journey and uh, looked a million bucks and really, really was so impressive in every respect. And I'd expect Asuka to elevate herself even further in showing 
exactly what she's capable of. And uh, Bailey, as we know, is a heck of a worker. Um, she really is a great talent. And we've seen some fantastic matches from her as well, uh, most notably against Sasha Banks um, with NXT Brooklyn coming to mind from last year. And so that, that should be an amazing match. And, uh, you know, it could go either way. I mean, if they've decided let's bring Bailey up, then it'd be right for Asuka to come out victorious and um, carry the uh, women's championship from here on in for the next few months. But, um, yeah, either way, it's going to be a great match. Yeah. But is she going to be able to connect to a little bit of a larger audience within NXT? Obviously, the, the hardcore fans, they're going to support them because they love the wrestling. You're talking about Asuka? Asuka, yes. Okay. Yeah. If, she, if she wins the, the, the women's championship, yeah. again, uh, still relatively unfamiliar to the American market, more of the global market here. Mm-hmm. There's still that aspect of that entertainment portion. Can't she tell a story? Can't she? Can't she? Does she belong? Absolutely. But then again, you got to think about all these other permutations. Then what do they want to do with Bailey? I think Mo, you hit it right on the head. She's going to be a fun match. I just love the fact that women's matches today a- anymore they're not throwaway matches. They're not the popcorn matches. People yeah. are going to sit in their it's seats. It's not a piss break. Anymore. No, absolutely not. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. So um, I'm 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 looking forward to it personally. Uh, here's another match that's stacked on this card. Jason Jordan and Chad Gable versus Dash and Dawson. We are finally going to see this take place. The NXT Tag Team Championship is up for grabs. Now, a few days ago, Kurt Angle had some comments in a, in a recent interview where he talked about how he expects to return to WWE and, if so, would love to work with American Alpha. So anything could happen. You know, Kurt Angle might even be in Dallas. You never know. Um, he's not under contract to anybody. It will be another great match. It will be. I mean, the revival is now known in Dawson and Wilder um, really, really impressed me a few weeks ago at Roadblock where they had a great match against um, Amore and Big Cass. And, uh, you know, they just come across as a great kind of throwback type of tag team. And where that kind of old school traditional tag team Reminds me of Tolly and Arn. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. The enforcers and, uh, you know, they are just absolutely great in working that kind of act and um they've got the perfect kind of foils in jordan and gable who are great baby faces and i've got no doubt this will be a great match again so i mean we're talking about great match after great match after great match and this is going to be a great way to start off the weekend it's just going to be a fantastic show yeah absolutely what do you think about this i, I love the journey uh from uh, of jason jordan um when when i was down there in tampa when he was still you know, fresh fresh out of college he and uh Bo Rotundo Bo Dallas uh, were the blue chip <clears throat> blue chip baby face pure baby face I'm not talking about the Seth Rollins the Dean but from a baby face perspective the sky was the limit everyone was very high in Jason Jordan a singles competitor who's doing very well had the knee issue towards ACL set him back this tag team here with him and Gable this is fun. And again, size doesn't matter. Gable's a very small guy. I, I love this technical aspect versus just this the rough and tumble here from the Revival. And like, hey, Kurt Angle was there at, uh, uh, at the Arnold Classic. He was. He might. He may just pop out and uh, surprise us all. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to those people out there that say, well, you know, Kurt Angle being on NXT in some form or fashion would be disrespectful. Listen, some people could argue Nakamura being sent directly to NXT could be disrespectful as well when you consider he was he was unquestionably the biggest star in Japan for the last year. But that's okay. 
If Kurt is a part of TakeOver Dallas, it would make the place explode, and I want to see it. And remember how much he embraced when he was the face of ECW. Exactly. You know, and everyone thought, oh, how dare, you know, what is he? And he soaked it all in. Yeah. Can do the very same thing. He's been the face of TNA for the last 11 years. So, come on. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here we go. The NXT Championship matchup, Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe. Title up for grabs. Man, this could go so many different directions because some people, myself included, believe that Finn Balor is a Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania away from making his debut. Some could also argue that Samoa Joe is as well. What is going to happen here, Mo Chatra? Well, I mean, one thing's for sure, it's going to be a great match, isn't yeah. it? I mean, these two had a really good match in London. Um, and, and that was just a, a taster for what could come. I mean, Samoa Joe hasn't really been firing more sinners as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know if that's because age and injuries are starting to catch up with him or if it's because he's still acclimatizing himself to the WWE style, which is slightly different to the kind of style he worked traditionally in TNA and Ring of Honor and other places. Um, but Finn Balor is, is a world-class talent. We've seen that for a number of years now in New Japan, and we've seen it uh, both in NXT as well. And he's primed and ready to step up, and he's an over-talent, and he could be something really special um, in the WWE. So whilst I think we're going to have a, a great match on our hands, I'm now less convinced that he's actually going to be stepping up straight away to the main roster. And the reason for that is we know that his former friends from um, the Bullet Club are about to debut in NXT. So my expectation is is that they will form a new kind of group with Balor um, post-WrestleMania in NXT, and he'll continue to work there for a few more months and perhaps debut on the main roster later in the year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of his former friends turn up um, during that match and... Um, there, there's a bit of a major angle run um, to take Balor's uh, character in a different direction. The unfortunate side, as far as, again, we talk about size, people of the same size, the Austin Aries, the, 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 the Finn Balors, the Sami Zayn's, they're all lumped together in that same The group. indie profile. Yes, where they're a little bit smaller in stature. They're not these giant big men. The unfortunate reality is, is that Vince doesn't want to have a full roster of multiple in essence, Daniel Bryan's. And I, that is the, that is a legitimate term that people throw around the backstage. You can only have one Daniel Bryan, smaller guy. And that's where Sami Sammy Zayn is going to fit in. He's at the right place at the right time. Do I see Balor going up yet? No. But with the Bullet Club thing, and he's said it time and time again, he enjoys being down at NXT, whether that's you know true or not. He keeps saying it. Yeah. It's going to be – I mean, what else can you say? These guys have actually have achieved success. Samoa Joe, Finn Balor have achieved success. Every single place. And they've all been to the same places together at one point or another. Yeah. So now the whole or more of an audience will actually get to see these guys tear down the house. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with Finn Balor, who did it in Japan for, for about a decade. So, I mean, it's pretty incredible. Shout out, by the way, to Nathan Stalker on Twitter, at Voice of Nathan on Twitter. He had a question uh, that we were going to get to later on. And the question was, where does Balor potentially fit into the main roster picture, main event, or mid-card. But, um, Mo, you still think he's going to stay in NXT for a while. Chris, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think we see him on Monday night after WrestleMania? That'll be tough. Again, I'm telling you, 
you can only have so many Neville's and now Sami Zayn's. Yeah. And you can even in three hours with as many segments as they have for Vince to fully believe AJ Styles now in there, sort of in that mold. But he sells, he pushes a lot of merchandise. Mm -hmm. I just don't see it happening. But with this Bullet Club thing, if there's enough of a fervor, fervor, who knows? Who knows? But I, my my money says no, not. Yet. All right, guys. Well, here we go. We're moving right along. We're moving quick. I got my WrestleMania scoreboard in front of me here. It's time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you printed it out. Oh, I do. I do. Everything. We're going to be doing this all weekend. So once again, another cheap plug for your opinion doesn't matter. Brad and I are going to be doing two live shows from Dallas this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. We're going to have a phone number where people can call in. If you're in the area, you can come see us at the Dallas Omni Hotel. We're going to be there recording the show live. You can come and be a part of the WrestleMania scoreboard that we're putting together. And the way our scoreboard works is that you'll get points for different um, things. Like, for example, who makes the pin? Who takes the pin? How many moves will Eva Marie botch in the 505 <laughs> Divas match, for example? Okay? And so whoever accurately predicts this the much, the person with the highest score will win, and we'll give them something. we got a special prize. So it's like spot so. betting on the Super Bowl. It is, basically. Okay, I got it. It is. But instead it. of winning money, you'll win a prize. So Understood. But uh, anyway, so I've got my scoreboard in front of me, and so that means I've got the list of matches in front of me. So let's go through them. Let's give our predictions and our thoughts on what is going to happen. Now, apparently, guys, the five-on-five -five Divas match, the U.S. title match between Ryback and Kalisto, and the Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal will all be on the pre-show. Have you all heard this? Yes. Yeah, because they're because they're doing something where there is it USA or someone is who is someone broadcasting the pre-show? Yeah, I think it's like it's like a seven-hour pre-show. Yeah, there's yeah, there's two pre-shows. I mean, there's two pre-shows because one is never enough. Yeah, two yeah. pre-shows. <laughs> so uh, well, I hope they uh, show us commercials during it. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of WWE Network commercial, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, no, the first pre-show will be a WWE Network uh, special. And then the second one, as I understand it, will be airing simulcast on the network, WWE.com, YouTube, um, and perhaps one or two other platforms as well. Ham uh, Radio. It will be more than just – yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Um, so that will be the second of the two, but the first one will be, I believe, just on the network only. And that will be the one that will feature uh, the U.S. Uh, US title match between Kalisto, the champion, and Challenger Ryback. Okay, well, let's get into it. Let's uh, huge well, boon, by the way, though, for the yeah. the announcement. You know, here in the United States, that ESPN is actually going to be doing many, many hours of pre-show uh, for themselves on the ESPN network. It's nuts here in the USA. I mean, I, I don't know. Who talked to who on the Bristol side, the ABC network over here? So yeah. for us, this that's a huge way to get some other people to tune in, and then they get the month free for WrestleMania. How are these guys getting paid in the WWE now? For It's not on pay-per-view buys anymore mm. here with all these simulcasts. It's going to be interesting to see who's going to be uh, bitching and complaining about their uh, their take. And well, the listen, I mean, they have a legitimate reason to be upset about this. I mean, I heard recently that there is a class action lawsuit which has been filed on behalf of several talents regarding the network and royalties or lack thereof that they've been receiving now that DVDs and Blu-rays are kind of going to by the wayside. They're still producing some, but not to the level that they used to. And so if you have a talent that didn't sign a release and they were a part of an event, let's say in the 90s sometime, and then it shows up on the network, they're like, well, where's my money? Mm -hmm. You know, and so they, you know, they're going to have an audience in court for this and, and we're going to figure out whether whether that's the case or not. But at the end of the day, they're all independent contractors, oh, right? Vince, Vince laughs, laughs his way to that. <laughs> 
Oh, God, that's laughable. Anyway, yeah. that's another podcast in itself. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's talk about these 10 independent contractors then, guys. We have Paige, Brie Bella, Alicia Fox, Eva Marie, and Natalia versus Emma, Naomi, Tamina, Lana, ooh, Lana, and Summer Rae. Five on five divas match. This is going to this is going to start the first pre-show. Um, so, <laughs> I I really want to go through the scoreboard. Who makes the pin? Who takes the pin? How many moves does Eva Marie botch? Why don't we just go on that? How many moves do you think she'll botch in the match, Mo? What's your over under on her botch? All of them. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah. um, yeah, she'll she'll manage to get in the ring okay, so she'll manage that, but. Once she starts doing stuff, then no, it will just be bad news uh, and not in a Barrett kind of way. So I, I think um, it, it's going to be a, a classic old-style, Divas-style uh, filler match. You know, nobody's really going to get over. It'll just be there for five minutes. Um, they'll all come in, do their spot, disappear. And uh, I, I see the total Divas winning this Um you know, there's no reason for them not to have the faces go over. So it'll probably be somebody like uh, Paige going over Summer Rae. Okay, Paige going over Summer Rae. What do you think? I just like to talk about the things that the details in the match, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to go over Mo. I mean, at, at yeah. this point, I, I completely agree with everything. We're only going to see so many more matches out of Brie Bella, no matter how well, short I or how long I think this is going to be it. I think this is her last match. So you got to soak it in. I mean, whether you love them or you hate them, they've been around for a long time. They've helped uh, uh, push the product further than where it was before. So, you know, with Nikki's status, health not looking like she might ever come back to the ring, you know, this this is their last stand. So soak it in while you can. And I just can't wait to hear uh, the cascade of boos for Eva Marie, like uh, on Monday Raw yeah. uh, when she came out. So that'll be interesting. You know, and I heard the writers were surprised by that as well. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> they were surprised. Yeah, oh. they, were, they were surprised. Wow. Yeah. That, that just tells you everything you need to know about it, WWE. <laughs> it certainly does. Um, we do have a little bit of breaking news, though, regarding the Bellas. Um, as you know, Brie Bella, this will supposedly be her last match. She will be retiring after WrestleMania. That is the word. Um, we're also hearing right now that Nikki Bella um, has been told by her doctors that a full-time return to the ring will not be possible. Mm -hmm. We're hearing that right now. What, what, what do you think about that, Mo? I know Nikki's high on your list for workers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not the world's biggest Nikki Bella fan, but that said, uh, yeah, she, she, she's a... You know, she's an admirable talent. She has worked hard. I have to give her that to try and improve herself. And it's a shame that her injury came when it did because um, had it not occurred, um, she would have been right in the uh, heart of the whole uh, rebranding of the Divas division into the women's division. And, um, you know, I think she would have been quite instrumental in that regard. And as um, Chris pointed out earlier on, you know, the Bellas have been quite an important part in um, bringing attention and eyeballs to um, the WWE through Total Divas, and uh, you can't um, underestimate the impact of that. So you've got to give them credit, and uh, it'll be a shame in a way that somebody's career has to end um, in this kind of way, and um, I, I just wish her all the best. And, and I'll just end with this. I mean, listen. Usually a lot of times these girls that don't come in with any wrestling background, they're here for a cup of coffee to help 
further cement and support, you know, whatever they want to do outside of wrestling. You still have to give a lot of props to the Bellas for sticking around as long as they did. Yeah, they left for a hot minute, but the fact that they were still in this and they're still so passionate about it, love it or hate it, uh, it flows through their veins. So uh, I, I give I give a tremendous amount of credit, no matter if you thought they were good or bad. More times, more bad than yeah. good. But yeah. yes, nonetheless. It's um it's a massive end to an era. Uh you know, all joking aside uh about Nikki, I mean, it really is. The, the the Bella Twins have been a part of World Wrestling Entertainment in one form or another for nearly 10 years. Mm-hmm. And um we we've talked extensively about this Divas Revolution and Nikki Bella had a huge part to play in that. As did Brie as well, but Nikki really had a huge part to play in it. She was a a a standard bearer and somebody who passed the torch for this Divas Revolution to actually take place and happen. And now we are seeing, and this is another piece of news, I guess since we're on the topic, we can go ahead and discuss it, that uh, the Divas title will now be changed back to the Women's Championship and that a new women's title uh, is being created right now. So it is a new era for the women's division in WWE, and Nikki Bella has a part to play in its history, and it's more than just a footnote. So um, if this is the end for both of the Bellas, you know, we want to thank them for their contributions and um, and wish them the best. And it's, I'm sure it's not the last we've seen of them because Total Divas is still on television, and I know that it's on my DVR, yours as well, Mo. So, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So there Got you go. the book set, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, next up, the U.S. title match. Uh, I think this might be the main event of pre-show one, okay? Well, we'll feature Ryback, the big guy, versus Kalisto, the U.S. title up for grabs. Two questions, again, on my scorecard. Here we go, guys. Does anyone care, and does Ryback injure Kalisto? Chris, I'll start with you. Uh, <laughs> does Ryback pull a CM Punk? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I, I think Kalisto has a better chance of injuring himself. Oh, okay. You know, trying to, to step up. This is going to be a fun match. Uh, really? This is going to be a fun match? It's going to be a fun match because Kalisto does a good job of telling the story of a David versus Goliath. Okay. I mean, that's where he's been ever since he was pulled up on the main roster. Yes, he's on SmackDown more often than not. But it's always fun to see a good David Goliath story. Even if it is a pre-show, Kalisto is good enough to put it together. Is Ryback going to be there for him for that stuff? Another question. I say Kalisto has a better chance of injuring himself than Ryback does of Kalisto. Interesting. Another thing I should have put on my prop bet sheet is whether or not there will be a WWE shop commercial during the middle of this match (laughs) offering 40% off. Mo, what do you think of this match? Well, in terms of 0 to 10 for caring or not caring, uh, probably about a 0. Yeah, I think think Ryback will win. I think they're trying to do something with him. Um, they're trying to push him. Agreed. Um, they're trying to do, I don't know if it's like a Goldberg type character or maybe a comedy version of that, which would then make him a Gilberg number two. But um, they're trying to do <laughs> hey, something. Hey, buddy, more there's sparklers. only one Gilberg, okay? More sparklers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, remember those days. But yeah, uh, you know, it, it's just one of these filler matches where I don't think the crowd are going to get particularly amped for it. And uh, it will just be there to fill up some time in between um, the guys talking and hyping up the show uh, during the pre show. So, um, yeah, I don't particularly care for it. And I think Ryback will win. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, I I really don't have a dog in the hunt either way. Uh, So if Kalisto retains, that's fine. I know they're trying to build Kalisto. 
uh, in the image of, of perhaps, you know, another star that uh, would be on the similar footing of Rey Mysterio. They have a long way to go, but I think the potential is there. Ryback continues to go through his rebranding. And um, I don't know whether it's going to work or not. I, I listen personally. I like Ryback. I think I think Ryback's a decent guy, and uh, and I think Ryback deserves a shot in the main event as a heel. Now, whether that whether or not they can get him there without all of the other reactionary and compromised booking that comes along the way, that's another story. And I don't know whether that's going to happen or not. So um, we'll see what comes from this matchup, and then I'll make my my judgment and determinations afterwards. Uh, next up is main event of pre-show two, and that is the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Now, it's possible the Usos and the Dudleys may be on the pre-show as well. I don't know. But uh, this is the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal featuring uh, last year's champion, the Big Show, and from my sheet says 29 other men. So I guess it will be a full 30-man battle royal. Uh, okay, guys, who will be the first eliminated and who wins? Mo? First elimination will probably be uh, one of the Ascension. So the one who's not Connor, <laughs> <laughs> the smaller guy. <laughs> um, I can't remember his name. Victor. Victor. There we go. Yeah, because nobody cares about them. And um, the person will probably win. It'll probably be one of the Wyatt Strowman. Um, Braun Strowman? Yes. Okay, Braun Strowman. Make him look strong. What do you think, Chris? I'd say one of the social outcasts. Are they? I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I got to yeah. assume all of them are. Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll all be in there. I'm going to yeah. say one of the social outcasts is going to get eliminated first. And then, um, man, I think Big Show goes two for two. Wow. Okay. Mm. Or, or. Or, and help me because I, I, I'm blanking right now, Mark Henry's not anywhere else on the card. No, Mark Henry's in this. He, if he's, he yeah, if he's in this. If this is one of his last hurrah, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes. So that's my dark horse right there okay. is Mark Henry. All right. Well, there you go. I, I, I like that prediction. I'm going to go out on a limb even farther. Well, first of all, I'll say the first eliminated will be Bo Dallas. And the winner of this matchup will be the returning Cesaro winning his mm. second Memorial wow. Battle Royal. So there you go. Mm. We'll see if I'm right. If I'm right, okay. the drinks are on y'all, okay? <laughs> okay, so here we go. Next up is a, a matchup where, you know, I, I felt like this left something to be desired here because I thought we could have had a multiple tag team matchup for the titles featuring New Day and these guys, the Usos and the Dudley Boys. So the Usos and the Dudley Boys, the Dudley Boys have turned heel. They have this whole shtick now where they're not going to break tables anymore. The Usos, the WWE still continuing to to try and push them as the second babyface tag team now that New Day have done their, their full about face as, as the babyfaces. So, um, Mo, what do you think about this matchup? And how do you like the way the Dudley Boys have been portrayed since they've been brought to WWE as well? Well, I think when they first came in, they weren't really uh, presented as anything special. I mean, certainly given their history and their um, success and their accomplishments, they weren't really presented as legendary figures. And uh, the fact that they've been turned heel and they're trying to do something slightly different with them is a refreshing change. Um, but that said, the feud with the Usos really isn't doing anything for me whatsoever. Um, the Usos, for me, have really lost steam. There's just something missing ever since um, they reunited. And was it Jimmy that was out for a few months with an injury, or was it Jay? Uh, yes. Yeah. One of the two. <laughs> yes. Um, well, whoever it was that came back uh, from injury, since the two have reunited, um, there just hasn't been that same spark that was there previous to the injury. So 
Um, it's, a, it's another match that will be there for filler uh, from my perspective, and it won't really do anything for the Usos. I, I, I suspect that they will be going over. Um, the Dudleys will put the Usos over, but um, in terms of whether that does anything for the tag team division, I, I think not. Uh, you know, as we've talked about on this podcast at length on many occasions, the uh, tag team division is in desperate and dire need of several teams from the NXT roster to step up to the main roster to breathe some life back into this uh, what is now a stagnant division. It's utterly shocking how stagnant the division has gotten, considering the fact that New Day are as red hot as they are. If the League of Nations were treated properly, it's something that I think could actually work. The Dudley boys still have a considerable amount to offer. You have Dash and Dawson. You have Jason Jordan and Chad Gable. You have, of course... Enzo Amore and Big Cass. I mean, these guys are waiting. They are waiting to explode onto the tag team scene, and it could be the deepest and most exciting tag team division that we have seen in 20 years. WWE has to figure out what they're doing with this and pull the trigger on it. I think it would be a massive mistake, honestly, if the Dudleys put the Usos over at WrestleMania. The Usos, I think, have gotten to a point. Brad Gilmore actually said this when we did a podcast together a few months ago, that the Usos have gotten to a point where whether they win or lose doesn't really matter anymore because they're over. You know, so unless they're taking a ton of losses all the time. I didn't agree with him at the time. I kind of agree with him now. And I've gotten to the point where I don't think the Usos beating the Dudleys at WrestleMania does anything more for the Usos than what they already have going for them. If you have the Dudleys beat them, if you have the Dudleys put them through the table, you are building a main event heel tag team again to go one on or go two on two, excuse me, with the New Day down the road now that the New Day are going to have a babyface run. So I think it would hurt the Dudley boys if they lost to the Usos. And so I think I'd like to see them go over at WrestleMania. I mean, I don't I mean, what's going on with the Dudleys? We saw them helping out uh, the authority, authority right? you know, so keep them rolling as 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 big heels. Uh, they, we need the foils uh, more, especially for when Enzo Amore and Big Cass do make their way, which I think is going to be sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to have you've got to have strong heels, and I I don't disagree with you. Let's let's see the Dudleys uh, pull one out and yeah. start start because start the League of Nations hot. are not strong heels as far as no. I'm concerned. No, no. Okay, here we go, guys. Now I think everyone's minds might start changing a little bit on some of these next matches. Chris Jericho, Y2J, does anyone here have a Y2J problem, versus AJ Styles. I still can't believe I am looking at a WrestleMania sheet and AJ Styles' name is on it. It's Styles versus Jericho at WrestleMania. Mo Chatra, talk to me. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah, finally, a really, really good match on paper. Absolutely um, looking forward to it. And uh, AJ Styles has been a world-class talent now for well over a decade. We all know about Chris Jericho and what he's capable of. And we've certainly seen uh, some glimpses of some fantastic work between the two. But I feel that they've been holding stuff back because they knew that this match was coming for WrestleMania. And the word is is that they really want to make an impression. They want to steal the show. And if they're given more than 10 minutes, if they're given 12, 15 minutes, I think they could have a hell of a match. There are no bells and whistles to this. It's a simple singles match. And um, they'll just let the wrestling do the talking. And if they're given the time, as I say, this could be a sleeper match of the night. And it could be one of the best 
two or three matches on the card. So I, I'm very much looking forward to it. And I'd love to see AJ Styles go over. I think he's got main event potential and certainly has the talent to be competing for the WWE World Heavyweight title later in the year. But the only way to do that is to have a big, resounding victory over Jericho. And that, that's what I think will happen. Interesting point of note, real quick, Chris, um, before you give your mm-hmm. thoughts on this. So the Divas match, the U.S. title match, the Battle Royal, and the Usos and the Dudleys, I think all may be on the pre-show since it's four, giving the main show itself seven matches. If that happens, seven matches in a three-hour period, you would hope that Jericho and Styles would have more than 20 minutes. What are your thoughts on this match and the potential of, of what we could see here? I got I got, I got, got nothing to add. I think Mo hit the nail on the head. I mean, we're not – it's like, uh, you know, we, we know – who they are and what they're going to bring to the table. They're going to bring a fun, exciting match. Uh, It's going to be very similar to when we were watching CM Punk and Chris Jericho, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. This is going to be the fun match that people, it's going to open a lot of the eyes for maybe the more casual guys like, oh, okay, so this is what pro wrestling also has, not just the entertainment aspect of it. So let's let's enjoy it. Let's sit back. I don't really care who goes over and who who doesn't. I think uh, as long as AJ is still selling merchandise, yeah. uh, Vince is happy. Yeah, that's exactly true, and he is selling a whole hell of a lot of it right now. The other point I'd like to make very quickly about Chris Jericho as well is for guys like me, Jericho still gives me hope because he has the finest dad bod in all of sports <laughs> and entertainment. So the fact that a guy could go out there and put the type of work in that he does with that dad bod. I mean, as soon as this match is over, he looks like he's headed to a barbecue. So this is going to be fantastic. I miss the long pants. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The lion heart. Okay. Next up, Divas title match. Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks versus Charlotte. And, of course, Ric Flair will be there at ringside with his daughter. This is a Divas title match that I am looking forward to Mm. more than any in WrestleMania history. Mo, are you ready for this? And who do you got in this one? It's Sasha all the way, baby. I mean, come on. You know, Sasha is is somebody I've been a big, big uh, proponent of ever since uh, she came onto the roster and even before that when she was uh, tearing up in NXT. You know, she's got something special about her, and I think that if they put the title on her and obviously as a rebranded and renamed Women's World Championship, then um, she would be a fantastic standard bearer. That said, Charlotte as a heel has been coming on in leaps and bounds over the last two or three months. I don't know if it's just because of the presence of her father, Rick Flair, at ringside, or if it's just because she's been that good at improving her character. Um, But she's certainly carried the championship with aplomb the last several months. And if she walks out of the match as champion, I certainly won't be disgruntled to say the least, but um, Sasha's my girl, and I'd love to see her win the title at, at the show. It's been an amazing build to this. Who do you got, Chris? I'm biased. Um, I'm very good friend. I'm very good friends with Charlotte, and I, I, we started almost at just about the same same time. She she started a few months after I did down in Tampa, and to watch her blossom to someone that knew nothing about being in the ring, you know, not being someone that's come from a wrestling background, but not a wrestler herself, being scared sometimes of her own shadow to see the confidence that she exudes and uh, uh, being that torchbearer for the women's division. Now, it is so fun to watch. Now, if I was booking this, I would have made this a one on one match because you've got a three way. And it's a three-way with two baby faces and a heel. Typically, a really good three-way match will have two heels and a baby face, and the baby face will fi- figure out a way to get over. I would have done Charlotte versus Sasha, Charlotte versus Becky, with the other one on the outside begging for an opportunity to get into the match to somehow 
find her way to get in to build that baby face sympathy and, and the excitement. But it is what it is. Um, if they are going to be rebranding it to the women's championship, like uh, everyone's been reporting, it would maybe make sense to put it on someone else. Um, there's been a lot of steam for, for Becky as well. I, I think, I, I think um, Becky has a great opportunity to come out on top tomorrow. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, my prediction on this thing is very simply this. I, I, I said it on Twitter, and I got some heat for it. Uh, I guess the, the Sasha Banks fans are sort of like the beehive for Beyonce. <laughs> uh, they were all over my ass. Um, <laughs> any, anyway, I, I said, for me, in my mind, it made most sense for the women's championship to be introduced by the one competitor in this match who is the purest women's wrestler, and that is Charlotte. And that's why I think Charlotte is going to retain at WrestleMania and the next night cut a fantastic heel promo and introduce the new women's championship. So I have Charlotte in this matchup. Sasha Banks is having her moment by being on the WrestleMania card and being in this moment, and I think it would mean more for her down the road to beat Charlotte one-on-one for that title, perhaps at SummerSlam. All right, so three differing opinions here yeah. on this match. Then. Mm. So there you go. Okay, next up is um, arguably the match of the night, the tag team titles between the League of Nations and uh, and the New Day. I really don't – This is the, here's the shame about all this, is that as much as I love the New Day and what they bring to the table, I really don't care all that much about this matchup because of the League of Nations and how they have been portrayed – uh, give me something to believe in here, Mo. Well, I don't think I can no. really. I mean, you know, the New Day are a great act, and they were more over than ever at uh, the show uh, this past Monday in Brooklyn. And um, it's just a shame that they're up against a team and an act that are so cold in the League of Nations. I mean, it's amazing that Barrett, Seamus, Alberto, and Russo have been brought together, and collectively um, their momentum is just absolutely crumpled, and uh, they have got no kind of um, momentum at all whatsoever, which is amazing considering that at various points in the last year or two, most or all of them have been in the main event picture, and um, it's just a, a shame that the WWE booking has really let these guys down because the likes of uh, Alberto Del Rio, as we've talked about on this podcast, have got so much to offer the company, um, but they're being totally misused. Um, so unfortunately, it, it's not a match that I'm going to expect much out of. I think the New Day will go over, and um, it will further bury Barrett and Co. Um, but. Um, that would be pretty much it for that match. I mean, it's not going to be a great one, unfortunately. It's going to be one that, once we've seen it, five minutes later, we'll have forgotten about it. Uh, but at least the New Day will be able to come out there and do their Butio thing and uh, all the rest of their shtick. So um, at least that's something to look forward to. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. Okay. <clears throat> I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. I can see it now. you got the League of Nations. I'm assuming Freebird rules probably apply to this. Michael Hayes gets involved gets upset at the New Day, and gets the League of Nations over to win the tag team championships. There it is right there. And it's funny because the New Day is going to be inducting uh, the Freebirds into the Hall of Fame, uh, and there's a lot of sort of subtle maybe – yeah, I'm not going to go in that direction there between Michael Hayes and (laughs) New Day. Okay, yeah. So anyways, (laughs) um, I I see Michael Hayes getting upset at the uh, the New Day doing the Freebird thing. I could just see it. League of Nations over. There it is. Interesting. Okay. It's funny because on Twitter uh, just a couple of days ago, he was saying, I am so cool with the New Day inducting us into the Hall of Fame. So that was quite hilarious. Oh, 
Well, okay. As well, long as he comes out with some with his color coordinated suit and gator shoes, man, that guy is the most pimped out, flied out, dressed individual you'll ever see in the back at a WWE live event, man. So I, I hope and he lives it. He he lives his gimmick. He lives uh, it for better or for worse. <laughs> he lives it. Uh, that's gonna be fun. Well, there you go. All right. Well, let's move right along and talk about the IC title match. This is a ladder match. And um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will be in it. I wanted this to be one-on-one, but you can't get everything that you want in life. So we're going to get two great performers, and we're also going to get The Miz, Dolph Ziggler, Stardust, Sin Cara, and are you ready for this? Hell yeah. Zack Ryder. Hell yeah. Welcome back. Will be in an intercontinental title match at WrestleMania. That is not something anyone will ever be able to take away from him. But will any of these competitors take away the IC title? From Kevin Owens, Mo. No, they won't. Um, you know, this is a match of two halves. Half of it comprises of people that nobody gives a shit about. Half of it can <laughs> consists of people that people are really into. So it's going to be an interesting one. Um, I, I think it will be a, a really good match. I don't think it'll be a really fantastic match because. Uh, the likes of Stardust and The Miz uh, are not really suited to a ladder match. I mean, that's where somebody like Kalisto would have been really in his element, and it's a shame that he won't be part of this. Um, but that said, Kevin Owens is a masterful talent. He's a fantastic worker, and he's proven it over and over again since his debut some um, 10 or 11 months back. And, uh, you know, whilst the likes of Sami Zayn have an outside chance of uh, walking away with Intercontinental title, I think that... You know, Kevin Owens deserves a, a long run with that belt, leading perhaps even as far up until the SummerSlam. Um, but for me, um, that that's the guy to really do something with over the next few months because there is a dearth of uh, younger mid-card talent that uh, fans really believe in. And I think Kevin Owens is one of those. So they need to protect him rather than to bring him down um, to the rest of the pack and have him as just another guy because there's too many just other guys in the roster. And Kevin Owens needs to have um, that kind of special aura that he's been able to largely maintain since his debut. Yeah, it'd be a massive moment for him as well to retain that IC championship. What do you think, Chris? We keep hoping and waiting and hoping and waiting to have an intercontinental champion that actually carries that title in a way like everyone did in the 80s, where they were the working champion on all the shows. Yeah. Ever since uh, Cody Rhodes, was, they reintroduced the, the white-strapped intercontinental championship. We were, hey, sure. let's have that workhorse. I, I, I'd like to believe that Kevin Owens is that individual. Um, man, I really wish this ladder match had some of the likes of some people from last year. Like, uh, um, well, you can't have Luke Harper because he hurt himself. But, I mean, Luke, Cesaro was in that. Cesaro, too, he's hurt. Uh. It'd be great if Tyson Kidd wasn't hurt. He would be fantastic in this ladder match. Daniel Bryan, obviously. Oh, well, it, unless we're all swerved and Daniel Bryan comes out of nowhere no, tomorrow, which isn't going to happen, yeah. um, I think Kevin Owens is going to retain here. And uh, I completely agree with Mo. We need to, to keep letting Kevin do his thing, keep building himself up for SummerSlam, for Survivor Series, and then moving into 2017, where he becomes a true, true main event talent. Yeah, I absolutely agree 100%. I both hope that he does retain, and I'm also predicting that he is going to retain. Kevin Owens is coming out of this as the Intercontinental Champion, and if WWE was smart, this would set up a program between him and Sami Zayn to last through the summer, because I know those two can do it, and they've said it time and time again, They are destined to do this forever, and the fans agree, and they want to see it. 
All right, here we go, guys. We have three huge matches remaining on this card. All three of them, I think we can all agree, we're looking forward to, and so is the WWE Universe. So we'll start with a no-holds-barred street fight between the master of the insane asylum, the lunatic fringe, as Michael Cole calls him, Dean Ambrose versus the Beast Incarnate, and a man who, after defeating The Undertaker, became WWE champion for life. <laughs> Brock Lesnar. Here it is. Ambrose versus Lesnar. This could go so many different ways. I said it on the show a couple weeks ago. Dean Ambrose could either have his WrestleMania 13 Stone Cold Steve Austin moment or Brock Lesnar could get another big victory at WrestleMania. I mean, what is going to happen here, Mo? What, 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 what's your gut telling you about this match? My gut tells me that Dean Ambrose is a guy who needs the victory here way, way more than Brock Lesnar does. And if the WWE has any intention to build for the future and certainly for the coming months, then they really need to be putting over the guys that are in and on TV week in, week out, rather than to put over the part-timers that will be appearing every few months. And whilst you've got the likes of Shane, The Undertaker, Brock, even you know Triple H, all of whom are part-timers, um, you know, they need to do something with the guys that are regular members of the roster. And this is the ideal opportunity to really do something special with Dean Ambrose. You know, for ever since he split out from the Shield and has been a singles guy, he's had that popularity, but he's not had the victory that really has, you know, been a career-defining one. And this could be that match. And if he goes over Brock, and um, I think there's every chance he will, and if it's done in the right way, it can really elevate Dean Ambrose and be seen as a bona fide main event talent, which is something he really lacks because he hasn't had that victory. And for all the people out there who think that wins and losses don't matter, they absolutely do, because if he wins in this one and he wins it in the right way, I'm sure that Dean will have a massive amount of momentum and could potentially even be the uh, top babyface in the company. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, okay. wrong, wrong. We're gonna have a we're gonna have an intercontinental transatlantic brawl between <laughs> you and myself. Mike. I'm, this is where I put my foot down, and I say that this does this does uh, no one any favors with Dean going over in 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 a way. I mean, all you have to do is just look at the Royal Rumble. I mean, it, there was the hope right there and Dean gets eliminated and that didn't stop any momentum from him whatsoever. I just don't, I don't like the idea of Brock Lesnar losing. I'd like the idea of Brock Lesnar pulling a SummerSlam versus John Cena and just beating the hell out of Dean. But with the added benefit that Dean likes the punishment, he'll absorb it like Chainsaw Charlie, like Mick Foley and give some punishment of his own. But I think at the end of the day, you still have to keep Brock Lesnar strong for other opponents. You still have to keep him as this more than mortal superstar and Dean will still get over. He'll find some way. I like your allusion to WrestleMania 13. The Stone Cold passing out was awesome. And Stone Cold didn't win that match. Exactly. But just the way that it ended just helped them elevate. And I think that they can come up with a creative way where everybody keeps themselves. I just I hate the idea of Brock Lesnar losing, especially to someone that's just not this other big giant scary sort of figure i just don't see dean ambrose doing it well there's the thing you see because dean ambrose isn't that big scary guy but then we talked earlier about how wwe is moving away from this whole obsession with size and if they're going to break down this whole illusion about 
Um, well, if you're a massive big guy, then you, only then can you be a top guy in the WWE. Well, this is a perfect opportunity for a smaller guy. Um, or, you know, albeit Dean Ambrose is still about six one six two. Um, you know, he's certainly slighted figure, uh, especially compared to Brock. Um, but it's the ideal opportunity to really say that okay, nowadays size doesn't matter like it did in the eighties or the nineties. And um, you know, there's been talk about how. There's some unfinished business with Brock and Bray Wyatt, and there's a possibility that that might form some part of the finish to this match so that Brock may lose the match. Dean could go over while still protecting both Brock and Dean whilst allowing Dean to get over and Brock to have um, a grievance to say, well, actually, if it wasn't for Bray Wyatt, I would have won the match. And then he can go in that direction. Dean can then look at um, the title picture and everyone's a winner. Does your scorecard over here, Matt, have anything to do with the fact that will Paul Heyman get involved? I would have, I could have, no. I could have sworn that he was going to get involved at WrestleMania 30 against the Undertaker, and he didn't. It will be interesting to see if there's any sort of thing. I don't know if he's going to turn like he did against Brock for like Big Show back in the day, but will it be interesting to see if he gets involved? I don't know. Is he just going to be a, an innocent bystander just kind of watching? That I. I would bet that he gets involved in this match in some way, shape, or form. Well, there are no rules. You know, it's pinfall, submission. Uh, there are no countouts, no disqualifications. You can use anything, including the kitchen sink, which I hope somebody brings a kitchen sink. I was always He didn't partial. find it under the ring, though, yeah. this past week. Yeah, he didn't. But I'm, I was always partial to the good housekeeping match. I, <laughs> I always liked that. Um, here, here's, here's what I'll say about this matchup. Um, I, I would like to see... Dean Ambrose take the next step in his career. I've been very high on Dean Ambrose, and I feel like Dean Ambrose is right now the top organic babyface in WWE because Daniel Bryan is no longer a part of the active roster. With that being said, I also understand Chris's points as well, that you can have Lesnar go over in this matchup, but find a way to keep Dean Ambrose strong. The problem is, is that time and time again, WWE has been doing this to Dean Ambrose. They did it to him against Seth Rollins where he had the title. They took it away. They did it to Dean Ambrose at the Royal Rumble where he was one of the final two competitors and his own friend Roman Reigns refused to help him defeat Triple H while he was on the outside of the ring so he lost there. Then he went one-on-one -on -one with Triple H, took Triple H to the limit but it just wasn't enough and lost the title again even after the fans once again thought he won the title but Triple H's foot of course was under the rope. Now it's debatable whether or not it was really under the rope, but according to the story being told, it was. And so we have seen Dean Ambrose on at least three occasions now come close, and then the rug gets pulled out from under him again. If it happens for a fourth time, it could be damaging to him. So for that reason, if I were in the position to be booking, I would be booking Dean Ambrose to go over against Brock Lesnar because Lesnar's protected enough in this matchup because all weapons are involved. And you can do basically whatever you want. And then, of course, as we all know, and WWE does this time and time again, the guys always have to get their win back. And Brock Lesnar can win later on down the road. But it would mean more to Dean to get the win at WrestleMania. So for that reason, I'm saying Dean will go over on Brock Lesnar. But we'll see. Either way, I think it's going to be a fantastic match. I think these two are going to tell an incredible story. And I think Dean Ambrose is going to sell the hell out of this thing. And it's going to be fun to watch. Here we go. The debate right now, guys, is what match goes on last? What is the real main event of WrestleMania? Will it be Triple H and Roman Reigns or will it be the Hell in a Cell match? So before we talk about these matches, Mo, what are you putting on last? If you had the book, 
For me, the match that has to go on last is the one that they want to run the biggest angle for. And if that's the case, it has to be Shane against The Undertaker because it's for control of the company. And the destiny of the WWE, um, according to storyline, will be determined on uh, the outcome of that match. And I think that, therefore, it has to be the final match. And, um, you know, as much as the WWE World Heavyweight Championship should be on last, um, I think that that surely can't take precedence over the future of the company. So that's why it has to be Shane and The Undertaker. Fair enough. Well, then here we go. The WWE World Heavyweight Championship is up for grabs. It's Triple H, the King of Kings, versus Roman Reigns who continues to get booed on television each and every week. This is a tough one. This is a real tough one because there are directions that they can go with this thing. They could do a Roman Reigns heel turn. I don't think they will. I know people continue to talk about how, well, now, you know, he's coming down the entrance way. He's not coming out through the crowd anymore. Maybe that's an indication, all this other stuff. I think they just took him out of the crowd because he was being booed so much. They didn't want an incident to take place. Who do you got in this one, Chris? And why? I'm not overthinking it. I really don't want to overthink this. Okay. I think it should be the main event. It's the championship. This is the one time of the year where you've got to put that title on a pedestal. Uh-huh. Whether the focus of the company, who is it going to go to, the company will still exist. You've got to put your champion on last. It's just the old school mentality that never gets followed by the WWE except at WrestleMania. Okay. So this is the one time where it should go on last. I think we. I don't want to overthink it. I think Triple H is going to do a really good job of really building up Roman Reigns, and Triple H is still going to come out on top because, God damn it, this is going to be like 2004 all over again where I got so friggin' hot at Triple H always retaining that title that I stopped watching for a good solid year. Wow. I, I, can't, I can't see that not happening again uh, this year. Now, what was that, WrestleMania 19? Uh, no, well, it was 19. No, no, it was, uh, well, 2004, 2005, 2020, 20. 20. Yes. Yeah, so that was, 20. that was, that well, was, no, Benoit won the title in, uh, at WrestleMania 20. Okay. Well, 21? 21, 21 in Hollywood where, okay. uh, where, uh, Batista beat triple H. Okay. Yeah. So up until then, uh, you know, the year before that, I forget it. I was just yeah. so hot. And so I think it's the same thing. Hey, listen, it's just like the prototypical booker that runs his own territory. Oh, my. That's the only person that you can friggin' trust with the title around the waist is the guy that runs. The but company. let me play devil's advocate with you, though, for a minute here. OK, so WWE is looking for a guy that can be the champion, the total package, a guy that looks the part, a guy that can cut a promo, a guy that when he puts on a suit and has the title on his shoulder, he actually looks like a champion, a guy that can build legit heel heat when he needs to or can turn babyface when is asked of him and play both roles and do it very well. Is there anyone else on the roster right now that's active that could do that better than Triple H? Not at all. Okay. And no. it, would, it would do no – it would do worse disservice to Roman to go out on top as opposed to – Hey, Triple H, they can, they can tell a hell of a story to get some sympathy on Roman Reigns. And if, if, if Triple H can't do that at WrestleMania and try to get something for Roman to help build from here, Houston, we got a friggin' problem. Yeah, for you know? sure. So <laughs> that's how I look at it. Mo, who do you think is going over in this thing? What's going to happen here? I think that this match and the final match, which will be the Shane Undertaker one, will be linked <laughs> in some way. And uh, I, I actually see Triple H retaining the title. Um, and the reason, well, I'll come on to the main event in a moment uh, after we talk about it. But um, I, I think that the outcome of that main event 
will have a bearing upon uh, what happens with Triple H. And that's why I think that um, he'll be retaining the title because, um, you know, there's plenty of things that they can do if they've got um, the ownership of the company in hands which are different to Triple H and Stephanie. Um, so, so that could create a really interesting dynamic and it needs something different because we've seen the authority storyline for several years now and it's really gone stale and we really want to see something different. And while Stephanie and Triple H are fantastic characters on TV, um, we see the same stuff from them over and over um, and the kind of people that they're trying to hold down and pin down may be different, whether it's Daniel Bryan or John Cena or Roman Reigns. But, you know, it's a basic same storyline that they've been peddling now for two and a half, three years. So let's do something different now. Um, but to do that, they have to, I think, retain the title, uh, keep it on Triple H and perhaps build for uh, another challenger in the form of one Seth Rollins, who should be back in the next month or two. All right. Well, here's here's something I want to point out before we. Uh, before we get into the um, the the cage non main match, event the, the, okay. hell, the hell in the cell uh -huh. match the the main event non main event that's okay. it all right three names that we have not touched on which are all going to be a part of this WrestleMania the Rock Stone Cold John Cena now I'm hearing rumors that Cena has been cleared to work. Not saying that he's actually going to work a match, but I feel that John Cena is going to be involved somehow, some way in this WrestleMania. I'm just mm -hmm. going to point that out, and we'll see what happens. Hmm. Okay. Um, regarding this match itself, I'm going to have to go ahead and say that Triple H does retain the championship because I think it's the smartest thing to do. Let's be fair. Unless Roman Reigns is doing a heel turn in this matchup, if he wins this match, he's being booed. By 80,000 people. It's ECW One Night Stand with Cena all yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, instead of Cena swallows chance going on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something else entirely. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you, Triple H has to retain this title unless there's a Roman Reigns heel turn. Yeah. I mean, that, that to, to me, as a wrestling fan, that is what makes the most sense. But again, we're living in the WWE universe, so you never know. Oh. Here we go. Hell in a Cell control of the company it is the undertaker versus shane mcmahon if shane mcmahon wins he gets control of monday night raw if the undertaker wins shane mcmahon is out of here if the undertaker loses well the undertaker has wrestled his last match at wrestlemania it's interesting because some people that believe in kayfabe 100 percent and heels versus faces can look at this matchup and see the way it's been booked and say, who is the crowd supposed to cheer for? There are other people that would look at this who have lived through the Attitude Era and say, who gives a shit? It's going to be entertaining. I see both sides of the argument. Do either of you have an issue with it? And who do you got in this thing? And what do you think is going to transpire? Chris, I'll start What's with you. What's your scoreboard? What's the betting for this? Here we go. Two questions in the prop bets. Number one, will there be interference? And number two... Will it go over 20 minutes? Oh no! I was. I, I, there's going to be, you know, uh, how many how many times does uh, Shane McMahon <laughs> jump off of something taller than uh, the the ring surface? You yeah, know, that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> top of the top of the Hell in a Cell uh, onto the table. I was a little disappointed with how much physicality there's been between the both of them during this buildup. I guess it's out of necessity because a lot of people were wondering why the hell should I care? Yeah, I didn't like the idea of him doing the elbow spot through the, t the Shane McMahon table gimmick that we saw on Monday. 
But I guess they had, they thought they had maybe had to build it up in, in a way like they did back in the day. So uh, who's going to go over? Holy shit. <laughs> um, you know, if those rumors that you hear, are they going to split the brands? If that's going to happen, man, I think Shane McMahon's going to go over. That would be a hell of a way, you know, for Undertaker to leave, you know, the WWE uh, with another L in his column. Oh, that can't happen. So said the same people when Brock Lesnar defeated Undertaker. Right. I and, think, and, and, I think Shane McMahon. Uh, and to be clear, what, what they've said and what, what Vince has said and what they've repeated on Raw is that this isn't – if he loses, he's not retired. It's his last WrestleMania. Ah, okay. So, well, but, that's, so, but still, that's – when else does he compete? Well, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, but my point is that it could set up some sort of retirement match for him perhaps at SummerSlam. But um, so, so the brand split thing is interesting because I don't know that they have the depth on the main roster right now with all the injuries to sustain a brand split. Uh, Mo, what do you think about this? What, what, what's going to happen here? What's your crystal ball tell you? My crystal ball tells me that it will be a Shane victory. Um, as I kind of hinted earlier on, I think that Triple H will retain the title and that change in dynamic uh, will be brought about with Shane uh, taking control of Raw. I don't think it will necessarily result in a brand split like we had with Raw and SmackDown for a number of years um, up until about three or four years back. Um, but I, I do think that um, there will certainly be um, a different kind of uh, vibe to the whole uh, Raw and SmackDown shows because, um, you know, if we have Triple H retaining the title and then The Undertaker wins, we're back to the authority being in charge. And, um, you know, that, that storyline has really, really been done to death now. And I think there is some contractual reason as to why Triple H and Stephanie have to be um, appearing regularly on TV. That's true. So... You know, they won't be disappearing off TV. And if they continue in the characters that they've been portraying for the last several years, you know, that, that's just going to be uh, bad news for ratings because already ratings have been um, really suffering in the last six to nine months. And um, I don't see that them carrying on as they were being anything that's possibly uh, going to boost ratings. So coming in with a very radically different thing when Shane taking control, I think can give a shot in the arm to the ratings, at least for the short term. And um, that's why I think that somehow he will defeat The Undertaker. Now that the streak is over, um, if The Undertaker loses again, I don't think it's a massive deal. And, um, you know, I, th I think Shane will win. As for interference, I think there'll be plenty. You know, there, there has to be uh, because Shane's not a worker. Um, you know, he, he's somebody who in the past has had some great matches, but it's been with lots of bells and whistles. And I think the bells and whistles this time will be in the form of some interference, possibly with The Rock, possibly with Stone Cold, and the match will go this way or the other, similar to how we saw with Sting and Triple H last year. Uh, but ultimately, I think it will be Shane that will emerge victorious. And by the way, did you see how uh, in shape and ripped he was of oh, War? I mean, yeah, he was yeah. sporting six-pack. He was... Uh, and uh, I don't know if he's been taking Vince's old Ico Pro or whatever, but, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever no, I, got, I know for special. sure all the Ico Pro that's left is in my house, okay? So, collecting dust. Yeah. Hey, how about this? Well, what about here, – here's an idea. How about Triple H going out to help out Shane? Just like the evolution. You adapt or you die. Vince, you're too damn old. Shane, it's time yeah. for you to take the reins. Now, I can understand from a ratings perspective. Yeah. Something to keep in mind. Yeah. No, I mean there's a lot of different ways they can go with it. My, my, my subtle prediction is this. I think Shane does win, and I think Shane wins with the help of The Rock and Vince McMahon. I think either that or John Cena 
Or if my earlier prediction was incorrect, perhaps even the shield. We are going to see some sort of corporate shift in the dynamic of WWE on Sunday night. I feel it in the air. Something's going to happen. It's going to be a major <laughs> turn and shift. And what better way to keep Triple H and Stephanie on television than by giving them a renewed role? Now, all of a sudden, the audience has some sympathy for these characters. Now, all of a sudden, Shane McMahon's able to come out and see, hey, be careful what you ask for. You wanted me in control. I'm in control now. And this is how things are going to go. I like that. So it's, you know? it's great. You have a backup, and then you have a backup to the backup, which is what every producer needs to have for these WWE live events yes. for the finishes. Yeah. If they <laughs> botch the finish, you need to have a backup. And if the backup gets met, I swear to God, this is a true story. Yeah. So it's well, nice to hear that you've got a backup to the backup in case something goes well, awry here. backups. That's yeah. good, man. That's great stuff. So, so there you go. Um, so here's the thing. My last question on the prop bet sheet is this, guys. And this will sum up our thoughts for WrestleMania, and then we'll get into our mailbag. All right? What will be the closing shot of WrestleMania 32, Mo? What's the last thing the fans see as the light goes off? Shane and Vince together in the ring with Triple H and Steph on the stage bawling their eyes out. Interesting. Chris, the last shot. Undertaker. Undertaker. But again, it's the main event is going to be the title match. <laughs> uh, you know, that's if this was the main event. If this was the main event, if it's the championship that's going to be the main event, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a shot of Triple H and Stephanie. Well, I actually have some breaking news. The um, the Hell in a Cell match has been moved to the pre-show. So, <laughs> so that's where it is, guys. Um, all right, listen, uh, great discussion on WrestleMania. I'm looking forward to it. I hate to brag, but I will be in the house for it, and I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome, and uh, I can't wait to come back here next week and talk with you, Mo, about it. So um, here we go. It's time for the mailbag this week, uh, an abbreviated mailbag because we've been running a little bit over time, so let me get into it. Uh, the first question comes from Parrot Face, and that's spelled F. Y-A-C-E on Twitter, a uh, good friend of the show, David Cresswell, and he says, will Bray Wyatt have an important role at WrestleMania despite not wrestling? Is his awful booking, uh, booking, excuse me, is his awful booking mainly due to injury? Mo, what do you think about this? Will Bray play a role at WrestleMania? Yes, I do, yes. I think, um, you know, he's too important a character within WWE just to be... Um, a forgotten about person on the pre-show or, you know, early on the WrestleMania main card as part of the Battle Royal. I have a feeling he'll be playing a key part in the Ambrose against Brock Lesnar match, and I think that will look to set something up between Brock and Bray uh, for later on down the line, and um, that's why I think that he will have quite a key part on the show. All right. Short you... answer, yes. Yes? Okay, fair enough. All right, next up is a question from a good friend of the show as well, Andy Wales, at Andy Armchair on Twitter. And he wants to know what our thoughts are on the contrast between NXT and the Mania cards and the builds themselves. So what do you think about this, Mo? The contrast of the cards and which one has been built better, the NXT show or the Mania show? I think that the... Uh... Mania show has got um, a few more peaks and troughs in that they've got more matches on the show which are not going to be particularly great, whereas the NXT show has got fewer matches 
but nearly all of the matches has got something really um, exciting to offer and has the potential to be a great match. Perhaps only one match on the NXT show uh, perhaps isn't going to be all that great. Um, the build-up, I don't think, has been all that dissimilar. I don't think the build-up to NXT TakeOver Dallas has been particularly great, and the build-up to WrestleMania 32 have not been particularly overwhelmed by either. That said, um, I think the lineups for both of, both of the match, uh, both the shows rather, um, will take care of the shows themselves. I think there'll be great shows, both of them, and um, I think there'll be uh, events that will be leaving everyone happy. So I don't think there'll be disappointments, to say the least. NXT never needs any build-ups. It's got its own installed fan base. Um, as long as it's still treated on the network as a separate entity and not shown to more of the masses, either during the pre-show or as one of the first matches doesn't need any buildup. It's just, it's just a whole different beast. Um, so, of course, there's a lot more buildup on the card for Mania on the main show. But uh, it's always the NXT shows that uh, always wow and surprise you uh, with the wrestling acumen. So that's going to be that's going to be that one is going to be awesome because of the fans. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. If you're looking for pure wrestling at its absolute finest, NXT TakeOver on Friday night is going to give you everything that you wanted and so much more. It could be the show of the year. Uh, before it's all said and done. If you're looking for the spectacle, the pageantry, the over-the-top live entertainment factor, swerves. I don't think yeah, swerves. I don't think I don't think WrestleMania is 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 going to disappoint. I know there are some people, including our friend Gags, who are down on the show um, and think it's uh, the most underwhelming WrestleMania in years, and it might turn out to be. But I'm going to be optimistic, and I think we have good reason to be optimistic because there are some great matches on this card, including the last three that we talked about. Regardless of what order they fall in, I think um, it's going to be a fun show. I want to thank everybody for their questions from the mailbag. We couldn't get to all of them this week, but um, leave them open. We'll, we'll Hopefully we'll get them in in time next week on the show. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. You can always tweet at the show. Tweet at PW underscore index on Twitter. That's PW underscore index on Twitter. And uh, we will opine. All right, guys, here we go. It's that moment. It's time for shameless plugs. Oh, my so favorite. We'll start with you, Chris. You are now a member of the Reality of Wrestling, and I'm happy to be working with you there. Um, the Reality of Wrestling has a big event coming up on April the 9th from Texas City, Texas. You will be a part of it. What else is going on, and uh, how can people find out more about you? And sure. Twitter so and I've, I've changed my Twitter handle. I am at Shoot Russo, and it doesn't mean yeah. with a gun. It means I am legitimately a Russo. Okay. So you can find me <laughs> at Shoot Russo uh, on Twitter. That's that's my main platform. Uh, big shout out, especially to all of our fans over in the UK. I, you know, you're a huge Liverpool fan, TV, yes, and, and you haven't even been to England. I haven't. I love England. I've been to London numerous times. I've also been up to Runcorn a few times. I want to give a big shout out to my uh, really good friend Andy Baker who's the head trainer over at Runcorn Wrestling Academy RWA in Runcorn which is right outside of Liverpool nice. your, your favorite digs over there yeah. um, he uh, I've had the, the pleasure of, of running a couple of clinics up there uh, he and I go back a number of years uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard uh, the former head trainer down at FCW is going to be there in June it is a fantastic facility they run great shows but the school if you are in the UK and you are looking for a place to train and be trained well and be trained safely and be trained fairly by someone that knows what they're doing go to Andy Baker he's been been through the system he's been in ovw he's been in fcw he knows what it takes and he brings in guys i mean uh he, he's had uh, johnny saint there he's had uh, uh dave taylor there before i mean he brings in a lot of great guys shout out to rwa awesome man well that is a shout right there uh -huh. um great stuff mo 
What do you, I mean, are you, what, we have been waiting on this book <laughs> for so long. No, seriously, man, what's going on? Are, are you, you catching any wrestling in the UK right now? What do you got for everybody? What do you want to shout out? I am, yeah. I mean, the, the book is still, um, you know, taking a bit longer than I expected, but <laughs> it's, it'll like, be worth it's like wait. Family Guy with Stewie always asking Brian, yeah. "So, uh, working on that, uh, working on that novel? How's that uh, protagonist coming along? Friends become enemies, enemies become friends. Oh, yeah, you just keep working on it." <laughs> yeah, no, it, it'll be hitting the Amazon.com shelves in the uh, future. Um, but moving on to uh, more. Um, uh, short-term things. Uh, yeah, the UK scene uh, continues to excite and very um, exciting news for the UK with um, both uh, Progress Wrestling and Revolution Pro uh, being announced as um, hosting um, matches for the WWE Cruiserweight that's gonna Series. Awesome. That's yeah. going to be fun. That's huge news for the UK scene and really does, um, you know, s kind of show a seal of approval from the WWE as to the quality of the talent that's coming through in the UK. And, um, you know, that's certainly exciting for the, uh, for the UK scene. And I'll be going to more shows from those promotions and others um, in the coming weeks. And, um, you know, certainly for all our UK listeners, you know, if you're seeking a quality alternative to WWE, um, there's plenty of great promotions uh, all around the UK that you can go and check out. And uh, Zach Sabre Jr. announced as one of the first seven uh, people that Triple H today announced that will be part of that Global Cruiserweight that. Series. That's awesome. So the UK is going to be represented well right there uh, just with his presence. That's going to be it fantastic. And he's in Dallas as well. Um, I think he's there already, and he's working several matches um, at different shows, including for Evolve and uh, World Wrestling Network in the next couple of days too. So, you know, if you get a chance, uh, you guys, to check him out, then do so because he's one of the hottest independent talents in the world today. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, and on a little bit more of a somber note, very quickly here, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, heard today about the news about Chris Travis, yeah. um, a, a fantastic British wrestler, yeah. uh, just a few years older than, than we are. I mean, made a name for himself in in the UK, uh, you know, the ca cancer, unfortunately, just, you know, took his life way, way too young. Fuck cancer. You know, it's terrible. And mm. um, the outpouring of support that I see, uh, not just from my colleagues and you know, the, the, the wrestlers in Britain, but you know, around the world. Yeah. I mean, this was a very well-respected individual, and that shows the caliber, not just inside the ring, but outside the ring as well. So condolences to, to, uh, to the family. Yeah, there's no doubt. Absolutely, yeah. He was a guy that was respected universally from anyone that met him. And I mean, whilst I'd, I never met the guy, um, you know, he's somebody I knew about for a long, long time. And um, there's a number of talents in NXT, even on the WWE main roster that um, had worked with him in, in the past, as well as a lot of people in TNA. And they've all been posting their condolences and their thoughts and their memories on social media today. Very sad news, only 32 years of age. And as you say, our thoughts and uh, um, prayers go out to his family and friends um so with that being said another great show in the books thank you gentlemen the road to wrestlemania will be culminating this sunday a couple of quick plugs if you are in the great republic of texas and i know some of our listeners are reality of wrestling bring returns. your guns bring yeah. your guns yeah. <laughs> well leave your guns leave your guns oh. but bring yourself and your family oh, okay. to texas city texas April the 9th, it's another television taping from the World Gym Arena. Go to realityofwrestling.com right now. You can get tickets. Tickets at realityofwrestling.com. Secondly, 
Brad Gilmore and myself host a podcast five days a week. You can find it on opinionpodcast.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn Radio, on the FNX Network. Shout out to my friends in Australia and many other places. It's called Your Opinion Doesn't Matter, covering sports, sports entertainment, pop culture, and more. It is five days a week, and we are going to have seven days this week because we will be in Dallas doing live shows Saturday and Sunday for WrestleMania. You don't so value your voice whatsoever. It'll be gone. It will be. It will be. <laughs> but that's okay. I do it for the people. No. You know, I do it for it. the people. Yeah. So check it out at opinionpodcast.com. Please subscribe and give us a five star rating on iTunes if you do enjoy the show. Lastly, to find out more about what I'm doing day to day, month to month, week to week, and year to year, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Topolsky or you can go to my website, www.mattopolsky.com. And uh, everything is there. So uh, that's it. As always, thank you to Gags for the platform. If not for you, we would not be able to reach the audience that we do in the U.K. Thank you, Chris, for being on the show. I hope you come back. Well, only if you invite me, if I pass the test. You have passed the Hell test. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And Seal of approval from you. Thank you, Mo. Absolutely. And thank you, Mo. And we will be back next week with another edition of the Pro Wrestling Index. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.